Well, hey to everyone out there who is joining us right now. So glad that you're joining in with us. Uh, and if you don't know me, my name's Andy. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, I'm just so glad uh, that you're with us and wherever you're watching this from. In fact, right now, uh, I want to do something uh, for everyone watching live on our live broadcast, whether it's Church Online app or Facebook Live. I want to know, I want you to let us know uh, where you are actually watching this from. Right now, where are you watching from? If you're a River Ridge or who lives around here, uh, what room are you? in right now? Are you in the living room? Type it out. Type it out. Say living room. Or are you on the porch? Or are you on the deck? Don't say bathroom. Uh, I don't want to know. We don't want to know. Don't take me into your bathroom. Uh, don't want to. I just called somebody out right there, I think. Uh, so let us know where you are. And, and if, you're, if you're not around here, uh, if you're in a different county, what county are you watching from? Uh, put that up there right now. Type that up what county. And, and if you're not even in this state, what state are you watching? I think that might be fun uh, to do. The point is, uh, as you're typing that out, uh, wherever you're watching this from, even in the bathroom, uh, we're so glad that you're joining uh, in with us. And, and I want to welcome you to week number two of a series that we're calling You're Invited. Uh, and I'm going to get to that here in a minute, but I, I want to give you a really quick update on something that you already heard about uh, and just give you an update on it just to celebrate real quick. Uh, so what we do, what we've been doing just to, to keep honoring uh, the, the, the social distancing and stuff like that. So what we do is uh, throughout the week, we, we kind of record different parts of this to, to be able to bring out to you live on Sunday morning. So we have different days with different folks being in here. And uh, when we got together to, to record uh, the ATR part, uh, talking about the food drive and, and that we've been on this drive to get 500 pounds of food, uh, what you heard was uh, at that point in time when we recorded it, uh, we were at about 14 pounds of food and essentials, which was an amazing thing. Uh, but then here's what happened, everybody. Over the next three days, you guys just kept bringing more and more and more in. And what ended up happening is we have literally a ton. We are over a ton of food and essentials. Come on, man. Like, that's an amazing thing. Uh, I think we should be giving hearts and thumbs up and all to, to that right now. Just hearts. And it's amazing that you brought in a ton of food and diapers and all that stuff. And, and, and here's what I'm going to tell you, man. Uh, I could go on and on about what you're doing. I could go on and on about it. Like uh, from the food drive that we've been doing, collecting a literal ton of food to, to the dollar club that you've been seeing, the things that, that we've been able to do, the things you've allowed us to do. Uh, uh, the, the fact that we fed a hospital full uh, of staff uh, during the week one time. I mean, we've been, I could go on and on with what we've been doing and I want to just celebrate that. And here's what I want to tell you though. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, you are not surprised. That's who we are as a church. And I want you to keep doing that. Uh, keep going with what we're doing. And, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep giving you the opportunities that come. We're going to keep giving you these, these things that we could do uh, to bless this community. And, and listen, everybody, to keep loving God, keep following Jesus, uh, and keep loving people like I know that you are. I'm just so thankful and grateful for the church that we have. And we're going to keep giving to whoever we can, however we can, and we'll keep letting you know. Uh, just want to celebrate that for a second. Uh, all right, last week, uh, Chad kicked off this series uh, to talk about an invitation, the, these invitations God has. And he opened up with a verse that Jesus said, something that Jesus said to us. I'm gonna go back to it uh, to see what Jesus said about God's invitation to us. Here's what he said uh, to all of us. He said, hey, listen, I, I've come uh, that they may have life and have it to the full. That's what Jesus said. Uh, and when Jesus said that, see, he was, he was giving us an idea about God. He was giving us a picture of God, that, the, that there is an invitation uh, from God to, to have life and have it to the full. Uh, 
So gang, here's what I want to say. Here's what we're laying out in this whole series. So um, life down here, life down here for us isn't just to be lived. It's actually to be lived out. It's to be lived out. And, and God desires to give us not just life, but life to the full. Come on, man. That's really good news, gang. That's, isn't that really good news of the God that we have, the God that made us? And even better than that is this, that we're all invited to actually experience the full life. We're all invited to experience God's invitation. Uh, but here's the reality, uh, and this reality is really the tension of the whole series. This is why we're talking about this stuff. Even though God lays these things out, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're actually experiencing them. It doesn't mean that we're experiencing them. So, so here's how I would put it. How I respond to God's invitations is gonna determine the fullness that I have. So, so here's what I wanna say with this. Uh, so, so with God's invitation... With God, there are Christians, right now there are Christians uh, it, with our eternity that's sealed. We have an eternity that's sealed, but experiencing the full life down here, you see, that's not guaranteed. Uh, it's not guaranteed. It's not automatic. So, so this series, what we want to go out, go after, isn't just seeing the invitations that God has. This series, what I want to be about, what my goal is, is that we actually start to experience uh, these things that God invites us to experience, to be living out this full life that Jesus says we can have. That's our goal. That's our goal. Uh, and last week, Chad opened us up with a great message that we're invited to this joy. Uh, and this week, we're going to continue by looking at God's invitation to rest. To rest. If you have your Bibles, you can open those up uh, to Hebrews chapter 4. We're going to be spending a little bit of time in Hebrews chapter 4 uh, and talk about what God's rest looks like uh, for us. We're to talk about rest, isn't it? I think some of you might be thinking, man, it's a little strange to be talking about rest. I mean, we've uh, we got all this, so a lot of us right now uh, have so much time off. There are a lot of people who have more time off than, than you've ever had before. And you're like, really, Andy? We're, we're going to talk about uh, rest. But, but there are also, there are also, right now in this reality, there are also people who are probably working more than they ever had, uh, that you're there. And I want to take a moment, I just want to say, God bless all of our essential workers out there, everyone who's just allowing us to live the life that, that, that we could keep living. I want to say thank you to all of our healthcare workers, uh, all the truck drivers out there, all the postal carriers, uh, all of those folks that are working, all the essential trades and utility folks and all that stuff. Uh, our UPS driver here who, who comes here every Thursday that I get to see, thank you. So I just want to say thank you. God bless you. Uh, and I want to just pray God's provision over you. Thank you uh, for what you're doing. And, and here's what I hope for you, if, if that's you. Man, I hope that this message can uh, bring you some rest today. Uh, but here's the truth though. The truth is for a lot of us, we could have all the time in the world. We could have all the time in the world, but we still wouldn't say we feel rested, right? Like that's not how you would categorize yourself if someone asks how you're doing, even with all this time you have. Hey, how you doing? Rested. That's not uh, what a lot of you would even still say today, right now with all the time you have. Uh, in fact, we'd probably use a couple different words to say how we're doing, right? A lot of us would probably say, I'm stressed. I'm still stressed with, with what's going on, with the questions that I have. I've been stressed with everything like that. Maybe you would say that. Maybe you'd say, man, I'm busy. Even with this stuff going on, I'm still busy. I still got to work at home. And now on top of that, I got the kids. I'm just busy. And, but a lot of us would probably still say, I, I, I'm exhausted. I don't, even, I don't even know why or how I'm exhausted, but I would say I'm exhausted even with this time on our hands. It's still not restful. And here's why a lot of people uh, would say that. Here's why a lot of people say you don't feel rested. See, the issue, uh, the issue isn't the presence of busyness, exhaustion, and stress. See, that stuff's always gonna be here. It's not the presence of that that is, that is making you feel that way. It's actually the absence of being rested. Gang, we don't know how to rest. 
That's the point. It's not the presence of all this stuff's always going to be around. Busyness, stress. It's the absence of rest. We don't know how to rest. Check out what the writer of Hebrews says here in Hebrews 4.1. If you got there, hopefully you got there quick. Uh, but here's what the writer says about this. He, he talks right about this. He says, hey, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, he's talking to us. He goes, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. So here's the invitation. Here's the invitation we're going to talk about today, and it's such a great one. There is an open-ended invitation by God to anyone who wants to find rest to find it. There's an open invitation for us, but here's the tension today. And then here's what I want to tell you, everybody, to tune in on. This is the tension for believers in Christ. This is a tension for followers of Jesus. What this is saying is that there are people who are following Jesus, but they are not stepping into and experiencing the rest that he wants you to have. That's a reality for followers of Jesus, for believers in Christ, okay? But here's my hope for us today. This is a great hope that I have. My hope is that we just take today, look at these truths in Hebrews 4, and just ask ourselves some questions with these truths so that we can actually find out uh, if we're really responsible Responding in a way to determine the level of fullness we have and just so we don't miss this, listen everybody, miss this invitation of rest that God has for us. And it's an awesome rest, I wanna tell you that. It's an, it's an amazing rest and it delivers more than we can ever understand and it does more than we can think of what rest really looks like. There's a lot of ways that we would define rest, right? Uh, I just thought about these, the three of these that came to my mind. The first thing that we would say uh, that, that would probably make us feel rest is sleep, right? Sleep's important. Right, we, we would say that, that's probably number one thing that, that helps you feel rested and, and I agree with you, right? Like sleep's a big thing and, and, and I don't know about you, but I'm one of those guys, uh, that I'm, I, I'm unashamed about saying I'm an eight hour guy. I need eight hours of sleep. Some of you, some of you might say, oh, I need six and it's like, whatever. Listen, you six hour people, you can stuff that six hours in a sock. I need, I need my eight. If I gotta get up at five, I'm going up at nine. I don't care. I need my eight hours. It's that important to me. Uh, don't mess with my sleep. I'm not messing with my sleep. Sleep's important. There's actually, I was looking this up, there's, there's five different, different uh, stages of sleep. I didn't know if you knew that. That's a, that's a lot of stages when you just go to sleep. Uh, but the stage that most of us are actually looking for, the stage that, that where we get that, that quality stuff is called the REM stage of sleep. That's that deep, deep sleep that we get. And, and, and sleep is a huge part of being rested, okay? But here's what I'll tell you. But God offers you, God invites you to a sleep that's deeper than even the deepest sleep. He invites you to a rest that's deeper than the deepest sleep. And it's actually also more than time off. It's another way that we measure our rest, right? Time off is also kind of an, a, an important thing. I think time off is something that, that we actually use to maybe look forward to, right? It's something we can say, okay, there's a light at the end of the time. I got this time off coming. And, and so it's something that we need and, and it's something that we look forward to. And, but for a lot of us, honestly, when we're in our normal way of life, probably not nowadays right now, but in our normal way of life, a lot of time that time off, our weekends are busier than our weeks. Come on, everybody. You know, are we just traveling around soccer and baseball and this and that and doing all these things? Uh, they're actually busier than... Uh, in the week and, and, and rest isn't even in vacation either, is it? Uh, you know, with, with us right now, with a six-year-old and a four-year-old, I don't even call it a vacation. I just call it a trip. Like, it, it's just not a vacation uh, for me. And, and many of you right now, maybe right now, you have a, a forced time off. You have a forced time off, uh, but you wouldn't say that it's really time off, would you? You wouldn't say that. Uh, but, but this rest, I want to tell you right now, this rest that God offers is more than time off. Uh, and there's one more way uh, that, that we actually kind of gauge our rest, and, and it's escape. Escape, that's another way we would say that's how we find rest. Escape is something that I think is becoming more and more prevalent uh, in our culture. And it's actually causing more pain uh, and more circumstance and confusion in our lives than anything else. I looked up the definition of escapism. This is, again, becoming a huge thing in our culture. Here's the definition of escapism. It's an intentional detachment from the real world just to escape our lives. 
And so, and so what a lot of people do, what a lot of us do, it's this idea of like, man, if I could just get away just for a moment, if I can just get away from reality, I know I got to get back into real life, but if I could just get away, uh, then it'll make me feel, I'll find a little bit of rest, just have a little moment of this thing to escape. And, and, and gang, this is why we see so many things going on, like the, op- the opioid problem. This is why we see alcoholism happening. This is why we see uh, the pornography industry skyrocketing right now. I looked this up. This is crazy. But the porn industry right now, uh, it makes more money than the NFL, the MLB, the Major League Baseball, and the NBA combined. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And and, and here's the thing. Like, it's not just this lust that fuels that. It's actually this this idea of escape, of of escaping reality, feeling escape. And it's not just that stuff. It's other stuff. You know, social media has a little bit of that, where you get into social media, it's kind of escape. And uh, binge watching, if you binge watch, like, you know, you kind of have that little feel of, of escaping a little bit. But here's what escapism does, man. Escapism has big promises, but little return. It It will never satisfy It'll, it'll never get you there, uh, never get you what you really need. But God invites you, listen, he invites you uh, to a rest that delivers uh, what it promises. It's a rest that's deeper than the deepest sleep and it's a rest that is more than time off. And some of you right now, you're listening to this right now and you need it. You know you need that rest. It, it's been eluding you. You would say you have a restlessness and, and you, you're, you couldn't put your finger on it, but maybe you're like, man, it's not the sleep. It's, it's not the time off. It's not a time issue, but you have a restlessness about your life and this is the opportunity. This is our opportunity to find it, receive it, claim it, and have it in our lives. So let's go back. We're going to look at this together. Uh, just three big ideas that we're going to look at to enter into experience God's rest, the rest that, that delivers what it promises, okay? We're going to be in Hebrews 4. We're going to pick back up here in verse 2, and we're going to find three big ways uh, that we can enter in and experience God's rest. So let's pick it up in verse 2. Here's what he says. The writer says, for we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share uh, the faith of those who obey. So, so what he's saying is that in verse 1 he goes, hey, that God's rest still stands, that, that, that those of us who have those of us who don't, and, and he's attaching this, the first thing he's attaching to this rest is the good news. Well, what's the good news? Well, the good news uh, is the gospel. The good news is the gospel. It's, it's uh, uh, the, the an encounter that we have with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, uh, that encountering us, uh, and then all of a sudden that, that we get hit with that, and, and it changes us, that we believe, oh my gosh, that God is real, and, and Jesus came to make, me, to make a way for me, and, and we surrender our lives to him, and that's how you get to God. And then verse three says this about that, the good news. He goes, now that we who have believed, when we believe and we get this good news, uh, then we enter that rest. We enter that rest. So the first thing, if you're taking notes about the the way we experience God's rest, the first thing we rest in is that we can rest in salvation. We can rest in salvation. Um, So here's the thing about salvation. This is what every follower of Jesus Christ knows, but here's the thing that we need to know about salvation. It can't be earned. It can't be earned. It can only be uh, received. There's no work on your part uh, in order to get it because the work's already been done. It's already been done, right? The Bible is really clear uh, at what saves you. God's mercy and and grace and forgiveness is extended to you uh, through the life and death of Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. And belief in that, you see, uh, causes salvation to come into your life, right? Uh, But but what this is also getting at uh, in Hebrews 4, what this is getting at is something else altogether about not just having salvation, but rest in the salvation that we have. And I think everybody, listen, I think that there are a lot of Christians that are missing this. I think there's a lot of Christians missing this. See, for people who know Jesus, for people who, who have that relationship, this is saying we have access to this rest, but many believers, we, we, we're saved, but we act like we're still dying. We're saved, but we act like we're still dying. It's like someone, uh, the way that I look at this and the way that helps me, it's like someone who's dying. 
So, or someone who's drowning. Uh, so, so like when you're drowning, what's the natural thing to do? It's like to, right, you like flail your arms, you kick, you're, you're fighting, you're screaming, you're, like, you're fighting, you're trying, to, you're trying to get back up, right? That's, what, that's the natural thing to do uh, when you're drowning. But if you're someone who is rescuing uh, someone who's drowning, do you know what that rescuer is actually taught to do? You're actually taught to tell them to stop, right? You're taught to tell them to stop kicking, like stop moving, stop moving your arms because if they're doing that, uh, chances are you're not gonna be able to rescue you. They, they can't be rescued unless they stop and, and chances are if they don't stop, they're actually gonna take you down with them uh, and they, 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 it comes to the realization they can only be rescued if they stop. They can only be rescued if they stop. The only way they can be rescued is to stop and say, okay, I realize I can't rescue myself and for us it's like, okay, God, I, I, I got, it's only you. It's only you, God. I gotta stop and do this and here's what I wanna tell you, everybody. There is a difference between having salvation and resting in it. You hear me? There's a difference between having salvation and resting in it. Rest here means uh, a calming of the winds. That's what salva- resting in salvation brings to you. And, and there are a lot of people, there are a lot of people who have salvation but are not resting in it. And there's, there's no calming of the winds. There's no calming uh, of everything going around. You're kicking and you're struggling uh, and wondering why you're so tired. Uh, and, and, and that's why. So, so the way I'll put this, uh, with these first two points, what I'm gonna say is I'm gonna give you, uh, I'm gonna give you the, uh, the what and then I'm gonna give you the way to get it. So I'm gonna, here, here's the way that we rest in our salvation. So we enter into salvation through repentance and, and some of you need to do that today. Some of you haven't even entered in salvation. We enter through repentance uh, and then we rest through daily surrender. So we enter this, this rest of salvation through repentance and we, and we stay in there uh, through a daily surrender. So you receive it through repentance. Repentance means to turn. That's what repent means. Repent, that you turn away from your sin and you turn towards God. And, and, the, and that's the key to accepting Jesus and what he did for you. And then, and then you turn uh, to a new life with Christ. That, that's what repenting means. That's, and that's a one-time deal, gang. That's a, Christ died for sins once for all. And when you repent from your sin, then, then you enter into the salvation that he forgives you once for all. But then here's what happens to those those of us who are saved, we rest in that salvation, totally different. We rest in that salvation through an everyday surrender. You hear me? It's an everyday surrender. And here's what it looks like. Here's what it looks like. I'll tell you, some of us are missing this every day in our lives. It's every day. It's every day you step in to God's salvation and saying, God, I step into your rest today. Like I said, I step in to, to what salvation means. I'm gonna trust you. I'm not gonna trust myself. I'm gonna rely on, on your power. I'm not gonna look at my power. My power, I'm trying to get it. It's like me kicking and screaming uh, and it's gonna exhaust me uh, and I'm gonna go through your power, which I don't earn, which I don't earn. I receive uh, and, and it's in me and I know it and, and I'm gonna choose today, every day to rest in that salvation. So every day we do that. Gang, listen to me. Just, just again, ask some questions. When's the last time you do that? Every day to say, I'm gonna rest in you today. I'm gonna rest in you today. Uh, before you get on that Zoom call, again, right? Tomorrow, you're gonna get on another Zoom call. Uh, man, God, I'm gonna choose to rest in you, right? Before you come down to that family mess that's going on right now, right downstairs, before you send that text, before you send that email, before you get on Facebook, uh, you're gonna just receive that transcending peace and rest that comes in the salvation that you have. That's the first thing that we can rest in. Here, let's go to verse nine. We're gonna drop down to verse nine here uh, and look at the second way that we experience God's rest. Uh, it says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. So the second way that we experience God's rest is that we can rest in Sabbath. 
Now, I want you to notice in these first points, I actually am saying that we can uh, because it, it's a choice that you make. And, and here's the thing, there are gonna be a lot of us that do. Unfortunately, there are gonna be some of us that you still, you're still just not gonna choose to do these. But it's up to us to, to actually respond to this. But you can rest through Sabbath. So here's the way, uh, I think when I say Sabbath, like some people are like, like I don't know, it's a, seems like a, a, I don't know, a word. It's like, ah, it seems churchy, I don't get it, whatever. Uh, but here's the best way I can help us see uh, what a Sabbath rest is. So here's how I would define it for me in my life. This is what maybe many people would define it. Uh, Sabbath rest is taking a period of time for me, for many people, it's a day, it's a whole day where, where I stop producing, where, where I stop from my labor, whatever that labor is, and, and then I enjoy my family, I enjoy my life, and I enjoy God. So I stop from producing and I enjoy God in my life. And, and then I remember God, that, that it's God who makes the world. It's God who, who, who gets everything moving, it's not me. That's pretty much it. That's what a Sabbath day of rest looks like. And, the, and there are so many Christians who fail to do that. Just in that simple thing, that you stop working and you enjoy God and you enjoy your life. There are so many of us that miss doing this. And uh, I, think one of the, I think one of the reasons, I thought about this, I think one of the reasons that, that many Christians uh, don't consider Sabbath is that we think it's like this Old Testament thing uh, that doesn't apply to us today. Uh, I wanna counter that uh, by saying, hey, where we just read that, I want you to notice that's in the book of Hebrews, that's in the New Testament, that's the new covenant, so that's now living post-Jesus and it says there still remains this Sabbath rest for us. And so here's what I'm saying. In other words, here's what God is saying to us. It's not a law. Like it's not mandatory. You don't have to do it. Uh, you're not required to do this. But here's what he's saying. It's still available. And here's what I want to challenge you to think about. It still works just the same today as it did then. It still works. I don't think there may, I, I was thinking about this. There may not be a more powerful rest that you could get from, from what a Sabbath day of rest can give you. There may not be a more powerful rest that you could get. Uh, and I know for me it is. That's why I'm saying I, I came to this uh, uh, idea 12 years ago uh, and, and I've never stopped doing it from 12 years ago. Uh, and here's why, gang, because it's what gives me the most rest. I don't do it. I, that's why I do it. And, and that's why I continue to do it. And I try, God willing, to do it. Every week I try to have a Sabbath day of rest. And I don't do it because I have to. I do it because it works. I mean, that's why I do it, okay? So, so what's a good Sabbath rest look like? Here's uh, just thinking about this. Here's what I personally uh, go through. I personally say that a good Sabbath for me is I take in God and then I let God take care of me. That's kind of like my big vision. I, I, I take in God on that day and I let God, take, uh, let God take care of me for a period of time. And for me, that period of time is a 24-hour period uh, of time a week. Uh, and, and, but I only do two things in order to do that. I, I try to make this as simple as possible. I only do two things on that day. And here's the first thing that I do is I stop. I just stop. Uh, and so what I do is, is one of the things that I stop is I stop working. Like I stop, I stop thinking about work, I stop producing uh, work and, and I don't work for the church, I don't do email, I don't check email, I, I don't do any of that, I don't write anything. Uh, I don't even like, I try to make it uh, really a big point to not even think about sermons, which is really hard because it's constantly going on, but I just try to shut that down because here's what I know, gang. I know if I don't do that, it's not good for my soul. It, it, it doesn't give me the rest that I need if I don't shut it off. So, so I stop, I've just been become convinced of that and what the proof is over the last 12 years of my life. And so, so you just stop producing. You just stop producing. Take a period of time where it's okay that you don't have to get everything done. It's okay uh, to drop some things. And, and, and that word producing, it's different. It, it means something different for everybody. Like, but, but you know what that means to you. You gotta stop producing uh, and consider what that looks like to let God take care of you. So I stopped that. And, and I also, what I, the other thing I stop is I, I try to stop my mind. 
I try to stop my mind. Uh, and so what I do is I try to take a, a, what I call a sensory break for that 24-hour period. I just kind of try to sh- shut some things down. For me, unfortunately, not unfortunately, I, I, I don't, I'm not ashamed by it. I, it's not, I, I can't shut down TV for 24 hours. I'm a TV guy. Uh, but what I do is I take a break from my phone. I, sh- I just, I get that away for a period. Gang, we gotta, we gotta drop the phones. Like, we've got to put the phones out for a hot minute, man. Like, we got problems with phones. We got problems with them, man. And, and here's the thing. This is great. God saw this coming. Check this out. This is what God says in Psalm 26. He says, hey, don't sweep away my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men in whose hands are evil devices. Like, God saw that coming. He's like, that's an evil device. You got to get rid of that, man, uh, just for a little bit of time, man. Uh, I actually came across this article. This is crazy. I came across an article that said, uh, it said, walking uh, and using the phone causes over 11,000 injuries a year. That's dumb. Like, that's really dumb. I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's kind of dumb. Take a break. Take a break from your phone. Just, and, and, and here's the thing, like, what I do is, is when I go to the TV on my Sabbath days, is I check in with God before. I'm like, God, is this, is this giving me the rest that I need? Is, is this going to cause the rest? Is this restful for me? So I stop. That's the first thing I stop, do. And then here's the second thing I do. Two things in my Sabbath day, and I enjoy. I enjoy what do I enjoy? I, well, I enjoy God and I enjoy my life. That's what I just enjoy God and I enjoy my life. A good Sabbath time for me to enjoy God, uh, it has to include worship music for me. Like I just love worship music. I love listening to it. That I have to incorporate that uh, in a way. It's kind of an avenue for me to enjoy God. So I want worship music uh, for me. That's just something that I do. And then I also want to do something physical. I do physical things throughout the week. I run and all that stuff, but, but I, I kind of shake it up a little bit on my Sabbath day. So I love running uh, and I'll just run uh, a little differently. I'll use different things and different prayers to do on my Sabbath day. Some of you uh, would say that running is not your thing, right? You would say, if we see you run and call the cops because someone's chasing you. I get that, man, but find something uh, where you can enjoy God. Do something physical. I just think something physical is really important uh, where you can enjoy and be intentional to do it. A lot of, a lot of people ask me, uh, I've had this question all the time, well, can I play golf? Uh, on my Sabbath day. I guess if you like it. Uh, but yeah, no, you could do it. But, but if listen to me. If you're out there throwing clubs and bleep, bleep, bleeping the ball, I, I'm not so sure that that's being so restful for you, bro. Like I'm, I, I'm just saying, you might want to ask yourself some questions on that. But, but man, yeah, I mean, as long as it's not, uh, you know, getting into your family time and it's filling you up, man, God wants you to enjoy him and enjoy your life. And, and, and here's the other thing I want to challenge everybody to do on your Sabbath day. Have this thing called undefined space. I'm gonna tell you what that means. It's actually having a plan for a period of time to have no plan. And I know I just caused some of you to go into the fetal position to say have no plan. Like have a plan to have no plan. We're so scheduled. We're so scheduled, it's crazy. And I'm telling you, it's so freeing to have undefined space where literally anything can happen. Uh, and I'm tell- it's a lost thing. And God does amazing things. Uh, he fills that space in uh, with some amazing things though. Uh, so I stop producing. I take some time to enjoy my life. Is that in Andy? Yes, that's it. And, and I'm telling you, if I could do that, if I could do that consistently one day a week, it, it's the most rest that I could get. And I'm gonna tell you this right now, so many Christians don't do it. Just those things. So many Christians don't do it intentionally. Um, most of you don't do it. And, and here, but here's how we access this. Again, you can do it. I'm gonna tell you, God is going to give you rest if you do it. So here's how we access this. Uh, so we enter in to the Sabbath day through discipline. I'm sorry, I know we don't like that word, but it takes discipline to enter into it. Uh, and then we maintain it through intentionality. That, that, that we actually have to have a discipline. We have to believe, and what I'm saying is you have to believe that it's gonna work. Like the world's not gonna tell you to take a day off. You know that, right? Like the, the, it ain't gonna happen, but you have to believe that it's gonna work uh, and then intentionally put it in place. You have to have some plans. You have to have some ideas on what you're gonna do because uh, that's what's gonna And you may say, okay, Andy, sounds great, 
but I'm not gonna be able to do that for a whole day. I just can't do it. Okay, then start somewhere. Start with like a four-hour block. Start with a one-hour block. You can actually kind of weave in some of these things where you maybe just stop producing for a while, where you put your phone down for a while and just keep building and building into that, implementing pieces uh, on this just one day a week, just one day a week. Rearrange, make some efforts, build it up a little bit more. I'm telling you, God's rest will come. You will experience the fullness of the rest that he wants you to do. And here's a third one. So we, so we, so we rest in our salvation, we rest in Sabbath, and then we rest to run. Let's look at verse 11 here. I think it's verse 11. Here's what it says. It says, let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. We rest so that we can run the race that God has put us on and the race and the purpose that we have as people, gang. That we got people out there that are dying. We got to run our race to give them Jesus, to say Jesus is it. Jesus is the answer. Um, we rest that we can run that race. I, I've uh, thought about this, about running the race, and I, I've uh, thought about just me running uh, races, and I, I've, I've completed uh, several marathons in my life, uh, and I'll tell you this to nobody's surprise. I've never won a marathon, I know, shocking. And I probably never will uh, ever win a marathon, but, but there's just this sense of accomplishment uh, when, when, when you finish one. It's just an amazing thing. But here's, I've learned a few lessons about uh, running marathons. I, I've learned uh, that the difference for me uh, between a good race and a miserable race when I've really trained well is hydration. That's the biggest difference. Um, and, and here's a trick about water. This is really the big trick about water when you're running a long race. Like you don't really know you're depleted until it's too late. You, you really don't know. Like, you know, because if you're dehydrated, uh, you can run the f- several, several miles without really, you know, understanding that there's a problem. But man, once mile 13, 15 hits, man, you're in big trouble. If you're not hydrated, things just start to shut down. And, and so what races do, uh, they, they actually set up these stations like every few miles. They're, they're called hydration stations. It's great. And they got cups of water. And they even have people, they have volunteers there that are handing water and they're encouraging you. And they're like, you're all winners. And you're like, Thank you. And, 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 you know, and so, so they're all set up to there. Uh, and here's what I learned, though. This is where I learned. Like, the best way for me to, like, take the fullest advantage of that, to get hydrated the most with that cup of water, is to not just, like, take it in stride and spill it all over the volunteer, but to just pause, just to slow down a little bit, slow down my pace, take the water, uh, you know, take it in, drink it all, and then, and then speed back up and go on with my race. And, and, and you know, the, and plus the volunteers uh, stay dry if you do it that way, too. Um, but here's what I'm going to tell you, gang. You know how you stay refreshed in this race with God? You know how you do that? You, you pause in your pace long enough to get refreshed in your soul for the long haul. You catching me? Are you hearing me? Like, and God puts these stations, he puts these things in your life, these opportunities to rest, to enter into his rest. And he's there holding that water. And all you have to do is just slow down a little. All you have to do is just pause and just take it in and then keep rolling and keep rolling with your life. That's what real rest does for you. That's what he wants for your life. It's amazing. It's amazing. I thought about this. It's amazing how many of us wonder why we're so worn out. Like wondering why we're so tired and we wonder where God is and, and, and why can't I just feel rested? And, and we say that as we pass right by these invitations of God to pause, to stop, and to take him in. I feel like God is saying to us, man, if, if you need rest, why don't you just come to me? Just come to me. I'm, I'm right here. Man, you could just, if you just pause a little bit, if you just, if you just let me help, I'll give it to you. I will give it to you. Many of you, what's going on in your life right now, you need this rest. You need to come to him. You need to trust in the rest that God makes available. Not through getting more sleep, not through having more time off. It's through resting in his salvation. It's through resting, through taking a true Sabbath day, taking a break and enjoying him. And it's actually running with a purpose, really running with this purpose. That's where real rest is, gang. 
That's where it is. And the good news is it's available to all of us to take it in who call Jesus our Lord. Matt, Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. He said this, he says, man, see, come to me. Come to me, all, all who are weary, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. So, so let's pray together and let's just think about this and ask God to bring us some rest. First of all, if you're bowing your heads and just closing your eyes for a second, I just wanna, I wanna ask some of you out there, I think the first thing that I wanna ask is, is if you've not just taken the first step uh, to receive the salvation that is offered to you. I think some of you are out there, I just know you're there, that you haven't received that uh, yet that we talked about earlier. So I just wanna ask you right now really quick as, as we're praying, if you know that today, if you know that not, not, not to access this rest that God has, like God wants you to access all the stuff that he wants to offer you, but you have to first uh, receive the gift right now to enter into his eternal rest, to, to enter into the salvation through believing in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And so if you haven't done that today, I don't wanna even put any pressure on you. If you haven't done that today, man, let's get that done. Uh, let's make this the day that you receive Jesus Christ. So here you can just pray with me if you've never done that and you can click on the button on online church that you're doing this right now and you just pray this. You pray, Jesus, today... I give you my life. I turn from my sin. Forgive me. Make me new. I turn from my life. I surrender my life. And now I turn to you. I turn to that new life that you offer because I believe in you and what your death and resurrection did for me. And I commit my life to you forever. Make me my, make me my Lord, make you my Savior, and I commit my life to you. Father, thank you uh, for whoever prayed that prayer. Uh, I, we praise you for people who came in uh, uh, to your kingdom right now in that moment who prayed that prayer. And so now, God, I pray, I pray for a spirit of rest over this church. God, I, I pray right now in this moment, I pray uh, that you give us rest in, in, in our hearts, rest in our souls. I pray that you give us rest in this crisis. I pray that you give us rest in our minds. I pray for rest in, in the money things that are going on. I pray for rest in our jobs. I pray, I pray for rest in, in the restlessness that is going on in our lives. God, I pray right now that we claim in the name of Jesus right now as a season where we will enter into your rest in the middle of this mess. We claim it in the name of Jesus Christ that, that this is gonna be a season of rest. We, we love you, God. We, we need you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we, we pray. Amen.